Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to SmackDown tonight. And it's starting to feel like I say this almost every week, but this is the most I've looked forward to SmackDown <laughs> since, uh, well, last Friday. <laughs> um, because, of course, this is the show that promises more fallout from the events of the Royal Rumble. Yeah, um... Yeah, because <laughs> normally we would use Fallout a little bit cheekily, like yeah. especially with the Raw after a premium live event, but often with the SmackDown lately, uh, and certainly loads under Vince. Fallout was a little bit of a shortcut of, well, things happened at a premium live event, so theoretically things have to happen as a result of the things that happened. Mm. Who knows what they could be? Whereas this one is possibly the greatest things have got to happen Fallout preview ever. Ever? Mm. Because that was one of the, well, I've... Why steal from the man himself? Would you consider this angle from Saturday one of the... I think genuinely... I was going to do a gimmick there in the greatest... Sto- I think it's genuinely, possibly, WWE's best storyline this century. So not even an ever. This century. This century. I mean, you know... Three years. <laughs> On a decade. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> 23 years. That's still quite a lot, actually. Uh, I wouldn't disagree. Give me I've, some more time on that. It felt like it, it felt. I've put. I've said straight away. Like felt like a personal top five straight away. I, I didn't think, need to give that thought. I think the thing is with it, and I've listened to other people within the talking about this storyline. Yeah, and I don't know another WWE storyline. Yeah, this century, Attitude Era was what it was. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin and loved every second of it. Yeah, even yeah, even WrestleMania nineteen for me because uh, Rock got his win back. So. Yeah. I know he's meant to be a baddie, but um, Stone Cold's always a baddie in my eyes because uh, The Rock actually puts people over. Uh, anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know a storyline that WWE's done that's been that's been long-term, first mm-hmm. of all, that has um, got so many people talking, like mates of mine who I've said, who I always say, oh, you need to watch this, you need to watch this. Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah, I watched it, and yeah. Cool, see you at WrestleMania sort of thing. They get into watching it around this time of year. I text numerous casuals and said, first of all, you need to watch the trial of Sami Zayn. And then that'll kind of bring you up to speed. Mm-hmm. You already, people, a lot of people are kind of already that aware has of this. clips within it. Yeah. So it's quite new. And then you need to watch what happens at the Royal Rumble because I've never heard, or I certainly for a long time haven't heard a noise like it. It was um, a pop that, in terms of the specificity of the pop, I would describe as louder than a uh, late goal or whatever you at least touchdown yeah. for American listeners, late home run uh, in a stadium in real sport. Now, we've talked about how wrestling is magic and is better than real sport, actually, because you get both. You can have the like the action, comedy, romance, drama that comes with entertainment, but you can, you can book, you can curate mm-hmm. the magic of a sporting moment, a late winner, whatever. Um, and it's almost a crime that there isn't 
so much more of this, considering that you, you have the keys to the universe. To get that, but to get it in a venue so big where wrestling has historically had an issue with noise sort of disappearing, even the yeah. loud reactions, some of the noise often disappears upwards. And I know, you know, ones with roofs that can bounce back down and they're... After a four and a half hour show as well. A tired audience, that you know, which I think evidence was starting to show within the body of the Owens-Reigns match itself. You could still yeah. feel the exhaustion a little bit before it all came back around. So yeah, that noise, that replicated, if not defeated, some of the most piercing, like, actual sporting moment guttural, visceral roars that I've ever been a part of or seen on, heard on television. Um, and I'm looking forward, we're going to go into a deeper discussion on yes. this and what sort of happens, not just on this SmackDown, but going forward. That'll be dropping over the weekend, yep. wherever you get your podcast. So we'll try not to tread on those toes. But also, I will just say for this SmackDown tonight, I think it's it almost, it's not giving WWE a free pass here, but it almost behooves WWE to like tread quite lightly with mm. this storyline. Uh, if you think about what happened to every wrestler in that storyline on Saturday, it almost makes sense for them not to be here. I feel like I'm giving WWE an out and I don't want to. I agree. Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn should not be on this show. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn definitely shouldn't. Owens, I don't think, should appear until, I don't know, hypothetically, a premium live event in Montreal mm -hmm. in three weeks' time. Uh, Sami Zayn should recover physically quicker and will probably want... This almost sounds too normal, but will now be able to bravely... Look like request. What is it? What's that sort of? I like when somebody wants a jewel, like request oh, vindication yes. or something like that. He's gonna like he's gonna throw the challenge out as a result of being the one beaten down by Roman Reigns, bravely so as well. But Roman Reigns has had to go away from Saturday and like actually scratch his head and be like, "That mother hit me with a steel chair." Mm. I'm so angry. I think I need a dick swinging holiday in the Island of Relevancy <laughs> just to center myself as a tribal chief. Meanwhile. Jimmy Uso, Solo Sikola, and possibly Paul Heyman need to kind of pick up the pieces of the fact that Jey Uso has publicly disavowed the bloodline at the Royal Rumble and then further on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So he has now stepped away completely. So there's almost a narrative reason to say, well, we're going to play what happened on Saturday's premium live event as a way to explain why all of the key players are not yet fully on terms with mm. what went out. It was that big and that seismic. There is something to say that you sell the size of it by not having them appear. I don't know if that is alienating or it will make people feel, if people have been on the hook after the Rumble, you know, we heard about those massive numbers that tuned in. WWE's TV numbers lately have been out their ass. Yeah. So you almost don't want to burn them by looking like you're kind of baiting and switching them, but they've not promoted Sami Zayn in-person appearance, have they not? I, like, they just teased on the little video they put on .com. It was, yeah, just fallout, fallout from yeah. the Royal Rumble. Like, they're not saying Sami Zayn speaks tonight. I think they, if they just pitch it correctly and they don't, if it's not too much of a tonal shift and it's not too much of that WWE thing of like, yeah, we're going to get out next week. <laughs> like... I think they could honestly sell the gravity. Yes. And then maybe halfway through SmackDown, find a nice way to say, we've got word that uh, Jey Uso, maybe he's the guy's focus on first. Jey Uso wants the floor next week on SmackDown. Yeah. And then you've got a week to think about what might happen. Um, the difficulty is, yeah, is you want to sell the magnitude of it, but also, like you say, you've got a premium live event. In and a big one, weeks. like a big one to get to. Like, that's Montreal. We know, we think we know where that might be going, and you haven't got ages to sell that. This is the thing, this is what I was going to say. So I can't think of a storyline that's, that's been, like I say, so well plotted out from, what, before SummerSlam? Yeah, June, July, I would, uh, like, people are differing on this. There's some nice content out there about how much you want to think about the storyline. I... I love all of the bloodline in this, but I was, well, you were with me over WrestleMania weekend. I couldn't have given less of a toss about this angle really until Sami Zayn stepped into it. But I don't like this idea that like Zayn's been the only good one in it. Mm. I think, I genuinely think when Roman Reigns took that part-time deal after WrestleMania, he was thinking one foot out the door. Yeah. I still think he is one foot out the door, but I think this story has energized him as a, as a performer Absolutely. again. And I, like, I think we've seen more of him on television than he imagined doing. I think he's worked mm -hmm. more than he imagined doing when he was like, remember he was going around towns and saying, this might be the last time I see you. Yeah. And uh, like, like, and I don't think he was lying. He'll I think he was part-time champion. Cody Rhodes. Oh, I'm going to come and take all yeah. that simple stuff. He was ready for that Brock Lesnar deal and it was all good. And I genuinely think this angle specifically has energized him and indeed everybody that's involved with it. And I, I think the thing is, I, I can't think of something so well plotted, that's so over, that's so talked about. Um, and, you know, we were lucky enough to be there at WrestleMania 35 with the Kofi Mania story mm -hmm. and Becky Lynch, that road of hers from Survivor Series all the way through to Iconics WrestleMania. Iconics winning the tag belts. All the big, <laughs> the big three of that show. Yeah. But 
those storylines, as great as they were, I think if you'd have asked a lot of people on February 3rd, as we are now, yeah. I mean, the Kofi one was later, obviously, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. How do you think they're going to play out? I think a lot of people, I probably would have booked the Becky thing better, but would have said it goes this, this, and this. Yeah. So, like, even if you take Kofi from after Elimination Chamber, you go, yeah, he finds his way into a WWE Championship match and he wins the big well, one. Well, the miracle story was rumored to be Mr. Farley, wasn't it? Yes, so exactly. They done that. It was like, oh my goodness, like, out of nowhere, Tim. Becky Lynch, main event WrestleMania, first ever women's match to main event WrestleMania, and she wins the title from Ronda Rousey. This. No one has come out and said, here's the storyline, and everyone goes, yep, that's it. It's so, there's so many options in front yeah. of you. And I, I don't know what the right one is. I am, But I, through what we've seen, and think about what I'm about to say here, mm-hmm. I have faith with what has come before that WWE will pick the best version of this ending to a saga. I think it is the most, the single most important thing that WWE could have done with this storyline, and it is the one thing that I think Triple H himself, because he's starting to take some hits now based on the things that have gone wrong. He's been in the job long enough. Yeah. You've seen some of his failings. And you said this would be the moment that he gets judged? Yeah, I think this is the biggest credit that I can afford him because this is either a team effort or not. But yeah, if you're going to criticise Triple H for the bad stuff, you can give him credit for the good as yeah. well. And like this is this is the, this is the best thing going. And like it's it's so rewarding every time. It's the one story in WWE that I can apply that AW maxim to. Where when AW is firing, I mean, it's very good at the moment, but it's really firing. Mm-hmm. You are encouraged to fantasy book six different things because things are so layered, and then they hit you with a surprise seven. Exactly, and that's the level we've reached with the bloodline. I would say, and I, I think this, the, just the, the fact that they're going into minute detail. We all knew it was going to be Sammy with the bloodline. Mm. Involved in one way or another, costing his mate the title. They folded the Owens in on in like raw backstage appearances last summer, and exactly. that, that's when we were allowed to start thinking. Uh, You're like, uh, okay, yeah. and then we're going to have the split from the bloodline, and then something will happen at Elimination Chamber, and maybe something will happen at WrestleMania as well. But the sim, even just the tiniest thing of, it's not the bloodline turning on Sammy. It's Sammy getting Roman before because of after the trial. He's not a an idiot. Yeah. He knows his days are numbered and he decides, no, this is the hill I'm going to die on. Mm-hmm. You've taken it too far there. But also, just a beautiful nuance of not, I'm going to twat Roman and then I'm going to turn around and I'm going to twat Solo and Jimmy and I'm going to fight them all off. Yeah. He hits Roman once and he goes, I'm sorry, guys. I know I'm going to have to take my licks now, but I had to do it. That's And the Jey Uso, I mean, I can't give enough credit for the, the way that they have made this into such a... A world. It's yeah. not just Sammy versus Roman. It's how does Jay fit into all this? How does Kevin Owens fit into all this? Do we still do just a tag title match uh, for the uh, for the Usos and, and Owens and Zayn? Is how does Cody factor into all this? Mm-hmm. Do you split the titles? What's going to happen in Canada with the Elimination Chamber? It's a brilliant uh, preview for our pod, isn't it? Yeah. You should listen in. We'll it's get our we'll get our deep dive on this. There's so many. Yeah, and and, and this is it. We're saying all of this. None of it to be touched on SmackDown tonight. I know that feels like ripping people off, but honestly, I think there is so much, like, leave the big questions unanswered. Faith and that this will be executed well. Faith and trust, like, it's it counts double, you know, like, than, than one good angle. The faith and the trust matters more. It's You know, if you're watching a TV, Breaking Bad or whatever it may mm. be, if you're watching a TV show yep. and it has 10 episodes, you don't go on episode five, go, basically, this is what happens, this is finale. Um, you go, okay... This was maybe a bit of a housekeeping episode, but it's all right because yeah. we've got four more episodes before, the, and then there's a fin- then that's the f- then the finale is where we get the big blow off of all the storylines that are converging together. I'll just say this on the Rumble angle specifically, and I guess the wider point of the Bloodline story. Um, I know that if we comment on the commentary about the story rather than the story itself, it's maybe missing the point. I've, I've really liked this angle, and you know you have too, and it, like Cedric has, and everybody has. It's the Bloodline; it's really great. But I did see over Rumble weekend, I think like a gut reaction of certain people who are so burned by WWE or hate the product in like hate WWE in general. And I get that, right? I'm not here like I know we have jokes about like being marks for different promotions, but I'm certainly not here like wave a flag to force you to like a thing. Hmm. Like I've I like to think like one of the reasons a lot of people listen to us is because we will earnestly like what we like, even exactly, if it yeah. even if it pisses you the listener off sometimes, yeah, yeah. right? Um but I will say for this, I think this is so good. I feel like it's not rattled people. People are 
so confused by the level of support this is getting because mm. it cannot possibly be that a WWE story can be this good. That is the opposite of the faith and trust. It's the, it's, that is like 20 years of burnt fingers. And like, it's I want me and you watching Sasha and Bailey every week and going, they're still doing this. Yeah, please don't F it up. Please don't F it up. The opposite of that, yeah. Yeah, and that's the difference. You don't go into this WWE stuff and go, please don't F it up. You're like, I can't wait to see what they do next. And I think that specifically is what's like, not broken the brains of some fans, but just it's almost like they're reluctant to, like, I will never love again. Yeah, but me and you, a couple of idiots. I'm, I'm ready to love again. It's been two weeks. Like it's just <laughs> like WWE will be beneficiaries of that from a lot of people. But some people just will not love again. And yet there are other people saying, "I think actually you might want to love here because like yeah. if you ha- if you haven't yet got on, here's the rumble as the entry point. Get on now." In the words of Scott Stein, the numbers don't lie. Yeah, like the this is the time to get on. And like and the thing is as well, it's if it disappoints at the end, so what? Yeah, like honestly, so what? The journey has been that much fun at this point that if they screw this up... We'll always have the rumble. Yeah, a bunch of people will be now, not waiting with their knives out, but just waiting to be like, well, it's WWE, they're not going to be able to stick the land in there. The Cody thing is going... Loads of concern of the Cody thing. Like, sod that. Like, I think everything... Like, this is going to sound like blank optimism. I think everything is going to be absolutely fine. The whole thing's going to rule, right? I may be proven a stupid idiot for being that, having that much faith in it. But at this point, after how good the rumble was, I would rather be on that side than the ones nervously waiting for it to go wrong or sitting there and chin stroking mm. and going like, um, I don't know, man. Like, I think that, I think the bigger discussion is over. Like, if, if Cody can really get to Sammy's level, like, I don't want to... I had real I, I, concerns I don't really, going into the rumble. How are you going to do this? Is Cody going to get booed? I don't really want to engage Sammy in that. Is Sammy going to be in the rumble? If Sammy's not in the rumble, why am I still the number 30 entrant? And it was fine. Yeah, I, I just... And again, like, I'd rather be called stupid the day after WrestleMania for getting this one wrong mm. than kind of sitting with my arms folded, waiting for something to fall apart. In this case, I would have gotten it previously, but not in this one. What's the phrase? Better to have loved and lost, never love at all. Yeah. that's. Uh, I was going to say that was like very sort of um, like deep and poetic, but then uh, the bloodline is a cinema, so <laughs> Oscar worthy. And the other thing I like about this is so many so many times you go, everything else in WWE is terrible, mm. but there's this one diamond. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they don't, they're not paying any attention. They're just hoying other people out there. And there's an argument for certain aspects of the mm. show. I think you're right. But they're also doing stuff in the background because you've got all this going on. Sammy, Roman, the Usos, mm-hmm. the tag team champions, worrying about what's going on with all this. Meanwhile, there's a tag team tournament going yep. on, the final of which is tonight. Like, lads, I get it. You're worried about your family and your, you know, Faction and what have you, you should be worried about who's coming for those belts. Look how close Dominic Mysterio came. Dominic Mysterio. Look at what nearly happened as a, if, well, if it wasn't for Sammy, obviously, but like, look how close the Judgment Day got, and you're in that situation again in two weeks' time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's Imperium versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Um, we know how great Imperium are, but I really like the, pair, the pairing of, of Braun and Ricochet, even if it started as, oh, you don't like the floppy floppers or whatever it is. Well, how about you tag with the floppiest of them all? I just think they've done. I know, like, last week, this is going to sound very generous because Braun and Ricochet weren't even in the tournament until seven days ago, right? But I like that they were formed kind of out of the last tournament. Yeah. Which Ricochet won. So he's now got tournament-winning law. So there's a little bit of LTST should Braun and Ricochet go on to win, even though they've kind of backed all the way in the final. Triple H kind of book baby fists. <laughs> like, they, they've just snuck their way into the final. He snuck his way into life, so he thinks that's the baby face. He thinks his entire route through life has been the baby face one, mm. which is why he supplants that on other people. Um, there's a lingering thing with Braun and Imperium from when he was battering them and chasing off Gunther. So I don't hate how we've arrived at this final. Um, I just, as a result, I think if and when... Braun and Ricochet win, and I think they might. I agree. It's. I think there will just be some people that will just be like, well, we didn't even wrestle the whole tournament in year. It's Gunther and Cody from the Rumble. Like That heel babyface dynamic worked because the wrestlers were good, not because the story fed it. Gunther's just gone like 70 minutes, mate. He's up. But like he's, <laughs> he's presented as a heel, and he's, you know. So this is just how kind of Triple H does it. I think the match will be great. Oh, got, yeah. Got a lot of faith in the chemistry of these two teams working out just fine, thanks very much. Um, and yeah, previously, I think I would have been quite interested in Imperium and the Usos because right because prior to the Rumble, the Usos were fantastic situational babyfaces as they were against the Judgment Day. We've sort of gone past that now. Like, Jey Uso's left the bloodline, but he can't leave the Usos, nor can he leave the tag titles, but it could put the Usos in a 
state of confusion. Uh, like, and if quite, you want to make sure the team's a heel team right, facing Braun Strowman and Ricochet, you've established the Freebird rule, Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso defending the tag titles. Oh, my God, that's really inspired. That is, that's the way to do it because Sami Zayn can't anymore. But just, oh, my God, you've unlocked something there, Will Bourne. Because Postman, hey, just call me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. Because you know how Postman Pierce allowed that, that role to play because he benefited the Judgment Day. He can do that for the bloodline because he's put Ricochet and Braun in the tournament in the first place. Yeah. I had to give them a shot unexpectedly, so I've got to give you one too. Solo, Jimmy, you take... Oh, my God. So in two weeks' time, we're getting Solo... Well, a week on Friday, we're getting Solo and Jimmy versus Braun and Ricochet, which we can preview then. But, yeah, Braun and Ricochet winning the tournament as a result. Adam Wilborn fixed it. Tick, tick, tick. Oh, my God. Enough said. Very good. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Moving on, um, there is also, <laughs> now this is where I'm going to have some fun, a SmackDown Women's Championship match on tonight's oh, show. Oh, God. Um, the current champion is Charlotte Flair. Uh-huh. And Rhea Ripley has literally said, I'm facing Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. So who do you think <laughs> leaves as SmackDown Women's <laughs> Champion in Charlotte Flair versus Sonya Deville? <laughs> you flagging this up on the Raw review was fantastic. Like, I had issues unrelated to this with Rhea Ripley picking Charlotte Flair and what I thought was maybe happening behind the scenes. But WWE have tried to attach a bit of LTST to this about Rhea Ripley feeling like it's not just about winning the title, it's about proving that I am what I wasn't three years ago, the whole deal. Why not? Why not? And then this. And then you just drop that in. Uh, I wonder how Sonya Deville feels right now. Like, they've literally put the graphic up for WrestleMania. Is this a... Man, this is really going to piss people off for a week. And then Sonya Deville wins the belt. Huge twist. And... Rhea Ripley goes, that wasn't my story. Bianca Belair it is. Or there's an, there is an alternative here, right? Because I don't know how people are going to receive uh, Charlotte and Rhea at mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Well, I know how people are going to receive Rhea, but whether they love her, but whether or not they're going to love her so much, a bit like Roman, they go, I love you, and I know you're meant to be a baddie, and therefore I'm going to boo Engaging you. Engaging with who you are. Yeah. Or whether they just go, no, it's Rhea's time. You've done this to her before on the big stage against Charlotte. She's Mm got to win the big one, right? There is a way, because we've said, uh, Charlotte Flair is one of the most talented female wrestlers ever, in my opinion. I had my eyes opened in, what was it, 2018? She was just, like, she was the one credited with kind of having every main roster women's best match. I remember I'd been working at What Culture for about a year. Five years ago, it feels like 10. God. Been working at What Culture for about a year, and I was just like, bloody Charlotte Flair. They're Mm. forcing her down our throats. And whoever it was in the office or on the internet or whatever was like, and else noticed that she's literally had everyone's best match. Yeah. And you suddenly go, right, now I get it. Like, they are doing the typical WWE, like this thing, force it down your throat as they used to do. But it's, the, now that is not the Charlotte Flair we're seeing right now. But, so, what I was going to say is, right now, it's babyface Charlotte Flair, heel Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. right? 
And Rhea Ripley's character is not going to change between now and no. WrestleMania. Um, but Charlotte Flair, there is a storyline they can tell. I don't think they're going to do it. I think Charlotte Flair is going to make short work of Sonya Deville, who, yes. despite our adoration for her, this just isn't the time for her to win a no. SmackDown Championship. But there is a story you potentially could tell instead, if you really want to go out there, where Sonya, like you say, flukes it, whatever it may be, however you want to do that, and it's Charlotte who has to try and get the title back by the time WrestleMania rolls around, and she suddenly realizes maybe the first match back, Sonya goes, oh, I'm in real trouble, I'm in the figure eight, I'm going to punch the referee and get DQ'd or whatever. And then Charlotte's like, no, no, this is my last chance, this is my last chance, and in that match there's a ref bump, and Charlotte goes, look, I need to get to WrestleMania, and I want to face Rhea Ripley again, so I'm going to cut a corner, turn a bit heel, I don't know. I don't know if that muddies the waters a bit too much. So I don't hate that because, because again, like, you know, Triple H deserves some flowers, but not all of them. I could well see him thinking Tuesday morning, that graphic being out there is going to be great because when we turn that upside down on Friday, that's going to be a major talking point. That's going to be this changes everything. DeVille gets slotted into that WrestleMania graphic and people go, what? And you know, the triple threat with Charlotte Flair getting chucked in. Yeah, there's... there is suddenly quite a lot of conversation around that match if they were to do this. And as you say, there is time for Charlotte Flair to have that sort of long road back. And then you actually get the benefit of testing if people would like Sonya Deville in that match. And it's like you potentially get somebody over as like, you know what, there was more support behind her than we realised. It shouldn't be that way, you know, like... woman you the first potential opponent for... Yeah. Because everyone like, knows you don't lose the title immediately after WrestleMania. It should be woman makes the belt, not belt makes the woman. That's always been the case. But if Sonya Deville with that belt clicks more than they realise, they've established something else there. Um, you're right, Charlotte getting it back then could create a, a kind of vacuum effect where like, oh, she's an even bigger heel than she was in January. <laughs> now we're really knackered. But it's something to do on television in a while. I think it would create the conversation. I think Charlotte's winning. Yeah. But I don't hate that. Should that have been the motivation for this? Yeah. Like, maybe they have... Because like, what it looks like is that... Did you thick bastards forget you'd booked this match? <laughs> yes. Because we're so used to WWE being a thick bastard company. Exactly. Sometimes it's not. What have we just spent 20 minutes talking about? It- uh, so that's where that's where that knock-on of the faith and the trust like has a trickle-down effect. But you on. and I are... Unlike trickle-down economics, that kind of works. <laughs> you and I are fans of WWE, and we have been for a couple of decades at least, right? So we, you and I are more... 32 stupid years. Yeah, sorry. Um... But we are, despite all that, we are maybe more open than um, Murray or Sidgwick, for example, mm. to say, oh, no, no, this is still some, something good's coming. Don't worry. The pig is still in the air. With exactly. The it's still market. good. It's still good. But with what they've done with this Sami Zayn storyline, I can now extrapolate, I don't know, there's, yeah. there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. So that even, it's probably going to be a five minute, you know, f- uh, figure eight. Oh, there we go. Yeah. That was easy. We'll I, talk about I really think day. it might be. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, because of what they've done in other storylines, mm. the faith that they've generated within WWE, there may be a pinfall in this that I go, oh my God, yeah. they're doing what we suggested. I just don't want the match to stink as well. Charlotte yeah. Flair's been rotten since yeah, she's come back. Yeah, so. I agree. And that's a bigger problem, by the way. I'm not just being critical for critical sake. If you're presenting this person as like, the, like Charlotte Flair is goaded, might as well be their strap mm-hmm. line for her at this point. And if she's just having absolute stinkers every week and you get like a, a five-minute spell from a Roxanne Perez at 21 in the Royal Rumble who is just looks 10 times the wrestler your supposed top star is, you're going to run into trouble. What's he, what, what are you cooking? I'm just, I'm working on something along the lines of Charlotte Flair is goated. So a baby goat's called a kid or is there a nanny goat? Is that a thing? That sounds like it's a thing. Like, yeah. So you could have, at WrestleMania, join us. It's going to be going for all the belts and what have you. And also uh, on Saturday night, it's... Nanny versus Mammy. <laughs> right, okay. Mummy and her kid. <laughs> exactly, there's something there. Yeah. Um, this doesn't have to be. That's us <laughs> inserting our goating nonsense on it. Um, right, on, WWE. we're going to do some silly bollocks in a minute. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about Uncle Howdy. We're going <laughs> to talk about someone else who showed up on Saturday night. Um, but we didn't get a chance to talk about what happened on last week's SmackDown, because obviously we were just talking about the fallout yes. from the Royal Rumble, right? One of the things I meant to mention earlier, by the way, uh, Giovanni Vinci's top rope slam thing. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But I don't want to talk to you about that. I want to genuinely get a bit serious here. Okay. uh, Because I want to talk about, it wasn't really talked about following the Royal Rumble. No. But all I could see on social media on Saturday 
was people talking about Lacey Evans. Yes. And what happened with her on SmackDown. You know, I want to th- know your thoughts on what's next for her. They've obviously brought her back and reestablished her, re-established her as this character. Yeah. With the cl- camel clutch and what have you. Um, but yeah, I, I thought you're the best person. I saw you tweeting about this on mm-hmm. Saturday to talk about what happened with Lacey. So the floor is yours. What did you make of everything? Well, the people who follow me because they picked the wrong Dadly Boy will forgive me because <laughs> I have tweeted this. Um, Lacey Evans on Friday, for those that didn't watch or it got lost or whatever, was coming out of the ring in this new heel persona she's got. And like like a million wrestlers have done in the past, the thing where you put the hand out for a fan to slap it and then you pull it away. Mm. It's like everything from the old Ric Flair to Britt Baker doing it on Dark last week. It's You see it all the time. You know the thing. Um, and she did it to a fan who was front row who had Down syndrome. Um, and the visual signifies of having Down syndrome as well. Uh, and she pulled it away and instantly, it seemed, this clip was everywhere and it was a strike against Lacey Evans for it being kind of unacceptable. Uh, there is, you know, people like kind of saying there's heel shtick and then there's this, basically. Mm. That that was the tone of it. A lot of it was angrier and a lot of it was sort of furious with how that reflected on her and how it came across. And what... So my thing with this was, for anybody that listens to this that doesn't know, my son has Down syndrome, and I am, I guess, like, no more to speak on it than anybody else. Anyone can have their opinion, yes, is what exactly. I'm saying. But I suppose, like, it was very not A few people through the DMs reached out to me, rather than doing it over Twitter, which I did understand why, but just were kind of like, oh my, like, there was a various spectrum of opinions of, oh, this is terrible. Like, there was a couple of, I hope you're okay. Which I thought was really sweet, by the way. Yeah. I won't name those people, but there was just it was like a varying different things for people that have listened or know or follow me on Twitter or anything like that. And I just I don't know. Like I thought this is actually better having this conversation public because if people wanted to know my thoughts, let's have it out. And I guess that's what we're doing here. Yeah. So what happened, I think, was that people conflated uh, what Lacey Evans did, which was old-fashioned million-year-old heel shtick that she's done before as well. Yeah. Uh, and the fan just happened to be a fan with Down syndrome with some abhorrent remarks yes. she's made about yes. autism, another disability, right? Another learning difficulty. There's a number of different ways that autism can be classified. I think, I forget her full name, so I'm just going to say Macy to keep this easy. I think Macy, the real person, has got some terrible, terrible views on autism based on the things that she has shared and liked on social media I agree. in the past. Not on. As a result, I believe that people have conflated what she did on SmackDown with that and have kind of assumed that both, well, not even Lacey Evans, the character, have just assumed that this woman has some ableist views and was able to flex them on a television show while portraying her character. I think that's what's happened. You know, it's like, it's a terrible look for the, it would have been bad enough anyway, but a person that's already made these views clear, it's even worse. There's two, I have two schools thought on that specifically. Number one, speaking as a parent of a son with Down syndrome, I don't think it would have been bad enough anyway. I think that would have been absolutely fair game. My son isn't a wrestling fan. He's got better taste. But if he (laughs) was a wrestling fan and I took him to a show and that occurred as his dad, as his primary carer, or if his mum was with him, you know, we would do what we always do in life with him and just try and apply the most context we possibly can, which, by the way, you would do with your neurotypical child. I'm speaking to other parents who are listening to this podcast who would say the exact same thing about their neurotypical children. Every child needs guidance about what is and what isn't in the, about the world around them. That's fairly like normal parenting, mm-hmm. I think. So that would be the case there. I would explain, like, oh, that wasn't very nice, was it, Charlie? Boo her, and she's a villain, so that is in keeping with yes. the experience we have paid to have. Furthermore, I saw Kevin Owens, a babyface, giving his T-shirt to that fan at the end of the night. Now, I don't think that was some sort of... Oh, that wasn't on, you have my T-shirt. I think that was a baby face doing a baby face gesture. Exactly. To How often have we seen baby faces give their things to the kids, right? So that young fan has had the WWE experience. The pantomime villain has been a pantomime villain. Boo! The baby face has been the baby face. Cheer. Oh, my God, free T-shirt. Thank you so much. And I would like to think his carers, his parents, whomever, have contextualized that in a way that they will know because mm-hmm. that family unit, it's all, there's no, and this is why I feel a bit uncomfortable because, like, I've got a son with Down syndrome, but he's not the same as that kid with no, Down exactly. syndrome. It's the normal you want more than anything else. As a parent, I want the most normal experience, normal in inverted commas, my son can have mm-hmm. throughout his life. I don't want him. I want people to be understanding and patient and kind. 
but I don't want exceptions to be made. For example, say if my son is a dickhead, say if I bring Charlie round to your house and he hoofs you in the shin, <laughs> like you're allowed to be like, hey, have a word. <laughs> like he's just smashed me in the shin for no reason. You'd never do that to Uncle Adam. But he, yeah. Well, he wouldn't, but like but kids can be arseholes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. right? so my son. Um, this is probably not the best example to use, but it's always one that sticks out to me. And again, I'm just one, I'm just one dad, just one parent. Um, there's a Family Guy episode where Chris goes out with a girl who's got Down syndrome. For a start, I quite admire the representation of it. Family Guy is an imperfect example, so mm-hmm. I'm not flying the flag. I'm just saying there's an episode where Chris, the character, goes out with a girl who's got Down syndrome and breaks up with her because she's kind of an arsehole too. And I quite admired that the story they chose to tell was that, oh, people with disabilities can be dickheads too. Yes. I'm not calling this fan in the crowd a dickhead. What I am saying is, is that they will probably have wanted the most normalised experience. Ergo... I don't think Lacey Evans, the character, got that wrong. However, let's not pretend that Macy's dodgy views on autism didn't occur too. This is the thing, isn't it? If Have I'm I got just... all that right? Like, I don't know. Like, again, like, feedback to me, please. Like, genuinely, there was people that DM'd me last week um, and it didn't after the tweet, so I'm hoping that meant the tweets just addressed it. If you're listening to this today and you have additional views, I do not speak for everybody. I speak for me mm. that has lived at the moment, 10 years of this, and it's kind of learning as I go. Yeah, I agree. I just thought I wanted to give you the time to talk about this because I thought it was really interesting what you said about it. And like you say, everyone's uh, welcome to their own yeah. views and perspective on all this. But just as an example, I think, and this is just pulling a name out of anywhere, and to be honest, I don't know about their uh, views outside of their character, aside from their views on steak randomly. But if Baron <laughs> Corbin had done yes. this, yep. just as an example... Another heel. Exa- I just think it would have been... I th- you're right. I think it's the thing is, is it's the person behind the performer. Yeah. Um, but it was a, a really interesting conversation, I thought. I just would imagine this week, um, Lacey Evans will do that again. Mm. And that'll become like part of it. Maybe she won't. Maybe they'll just drop it like cold just in case. But I just feel like she had that all that heel stick in a locker regardless. And I think we'll get more of that. Yeah. I don't think it's some sort of defining characteristic that no. we're suddenly supposed to be looking for every week. And I think, uh, yeah, there is an argument to be made, that it's a bit patronising to be like, heel, 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 oh, here's someone, Yeah, but I have to change my, you know, change my attitude towards them because they won't get it. It's really, and the thing is, right, it's what I like about conversations like this, not to get too heavy on the SmackDown preview, but what I really like about this is I've learned about disability more since it's become part of my life. Mm. I can't pretend to have known a ton before my son was born, beyond, um, say, other family or friends who might have, like, had disability as a part of their life, you know, whether they were carers or whether they had disabilities of their own. But it's, I think, the most helpful thing, if I can, like, try and boil this down, and you, you never can, which is the irony, if I can boil this down, is that there is never one case the same. Mm. So you, if you were a parent of a son or a daughter with a disability and you watch this, be offended. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. be because you would apply how your own child would cope with that and that might you might find that like really hurtful or heartbreaking. But I would just say that I would say this is if nothing else, uh there is never one disability the same. And for Lacey Evans in this case to treat a fan the same as she would a neurotypical fan, I think speaks I don't know. I think it speaks to her trying to normalise disability on a TV show. Mm. I wish it wasn't the wrestler that had said some pretty awful things about autism. Because I think if my if I had a child that had autism, I think I'd struggle to even watch her on mm. television. Yeah. If I knew of a wrestler that had some pretty caustic views on people with Down syndrome, I don't think I'd be able to spend my disbelief. No. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I from the people who've got autism or the people who look after people with autism, I think I would struggle to be able to distance the two. Mm. But as somebody that can. That's my take, anyway. Fascinating. Thank I, you. If for I've completely about that. missed the mark, please uh, kindly let me know on Twitter, and we'll <laughs> we'll continue the conversation there. Um, right, uh, switching gears now. <laughs> Let's to this guy, Uncle Howdy's Road to WrestleMania. Obviously, the match of the night was the Mountain Dew Pitch Black yeah. match uh, mm-hmm. at the Royal Rumble. Uh, L A Night. Yeah. Um, Gear of the year so far. Could be dressing for the occasion. Um, despite uh, exploding glow-in-the-dark confetti when he put Bray Wyatt through a table, unfortunately, LA Knight came up a little short yep. and then was hit, well, was uh, someone who did an elbow drop relatively near LA Knight, mm-hmm. that man being Uncle Howdy, after Bray Wyatt had won the match. Um, <laughs> what's next for Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt? 
LA Knight deserves the world, but what do you reckon's next for those two? What a loaded question, man. Here's me for the last six months campaigning for CM Punk's return to wrestling when based on that elbow, apparently he already has done and he's Uncle Howdy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a spectacle. I want to, can we have a minute on the Mountain Dew pitch black match? Because I haven't really, there's no rumble yeah. review. That's one of my favourite aesthetics in wrestling ever, and not just because I really like Mountain Dew. Um, I loved those luminous ropes. This looked like WWF Attitude on the PlayStation 1's creation suite mm. when you could just go too far. And as a kid, it was like, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. Well, you sure you want pink posts with green ropes? Oh, yes, I do. And then you get it. I thought it looked amazing. For, I apologise to people in the building because I don't imagine you could see very much. But on telly, it looked incredible. Nick Khan went on the Invest call yesterday and said, yeah, we're probably going to do that more. Great. Slap that all over the ring because this is WWE. Like, I don't, for this, like, three and a half, five minutes, I don't need to take this credible. And thankfully, you've invited me to never take Bray Wyatt cred- like, credibly ever again. <laughs> and we were right all along again. Yeah. I, uh, I got a little bit of blowback for sharing an article that I'd wrote six years earlier saying that Bray Wyatt was WWE's worst modern creation and think of the six years since that article right so it's it's nice to be right I'm just saying like throw him into this stuff all the time if they've got a um sponsorship deal with um cinnamon toast crunch yeah I saw that uh as was rumored I think it's just because people came up with the funniest brand by the way if they have like get in touch with me because I'll 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 promote that every single week (laughs) like just me eating cereal mukbang for whatever Bray Wyatt does in Smackdown sign me up but um, I, Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy is stupid. I think Bray Wyatt knows his work is garbage. I'm going to stick my neck out here. I think he's gnashed his entire Bray Wyatt gimmick, and I can't think. Like, that's the ultimate compliment yeah. for me. I think he has returned. Triple H sat him down. This doesn't work, but Christ almighty people pay for it. Well, top four merch sellers is yeah. Roman, Sammy, Cody, Right. Yeah, in not in no particular order. People that buy into you, buy into you in their numbers. So what we're going to do is instead of trying to make you credible, because that failed like 10 times minimum, mm. I read a list on What Culture about it, uh, by a guy that's almost as handsome as Gunther. Um, <laughs> we're not going to do that anymore. You're going to be like, that Mountain Dew match has made so much goddamn money for this company. I know this isn't like a financial like analysis podcast. It doesn't podcast. affect us in any way. No, but like... From their point of view, they would have seen the Mountain Dew pitch black match as a glowing, no pun intended, success. Bray Wyatt can be that guy over and over again. Those frigging puppets playing the gallery to Uncle Howdy's. Don't tell me that like this is a character they're taking seriously. And Bray has to know. Like he's got eyes. Like he has to have seen he was stood there. He knows how stupid this looks. Five minute match, that was it. If I'm him, I'm happy to be back. I'm taking hardly any bumps and I'm making bank for doing nows. I think he's in on it, right? So I think stupid, 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 all the way to WrestleMania. I'm thinking Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy in a tag match together or Bray Wyatt versus Uncle Howdy, like for the Five Five Funhouse Derby. Alexa Bliss has to pick. Yeah. Like something along those lines, like lean in. Lean in. They're enjoying it. Alexa Bliss loves all this. Lean in, and I will too. They're all going to make a goddamn ton of money for doing as little as possible. And if I'm being explicitly told, as I think I was at the Royal Rumble, like, keep this separate from the actual show. Like, this is when DX were fighting the Brothers of Destruction. This is kind of not really part of it. This is just these, these silly idiots. Sideshow, isn't it? Farting around. It is a sideshow. LA Knight, on the other hand, was the closest this came to being credible. And let's talk about Karrion Cross for a second. Karrion Cross was brought yeah. in, was brought in, with a huge opportunity against Drew McIntyre. Didn't go great, was 50 50 and then was given the ultimate baby face with which to try and start again. And then that match kind of blew. And Triple H didn't show, we talked about faith and trust, didn't really show faith and trust in him by having him get beat and then hoid him in the rumble for like three minutes. I think what we saw there is Triple H. Well, watch this on Friday, just to cut across you, sorry. Uh, watched this on Friday and went, oh, that's a bit random that Ray's beating Karrion Cross, But never mind, on Saturday, he eliminates Ray after they've done some stuff with the Judgment Day. Yeah. All's good. Ray Mysterio doesn't show up. It's clearly the Judgment Day that attacked him backstage because his son's wearing the mask that he expertly rips apart. He's gotten shoot hurt, which is another strike against Cross. Yeah. And you just like, so the booking, the lack of momentum and an injury. Has... I've not heard anyone say, here's who Karrion Cross needs to face at WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly right. Cross now is being positioned, like, they've decided, maybe maybe not, but Triple H looks like he might have decided what he's got with Cross and what he hasn't. Conversely, LA Knight has taken the situation and has kind of fought here for something of significance in the road to a singles match almost feels like a reach too far for the character, but I think he deserves it. And I hope tonight he gets, there's just a little tease of something that suggests that he's going to get, even if it's fluffy, 
WrestleMania fluffy is well paid fluffy in front of like 50, 60,000 people on your biggest night of the year. And I think he deserves a minimum of that. Yeah. I don't know who it is, but I'd use now to WrestleMania to reestablish L.A. Yeah. Who's, as I've mentioned many a time before, very much over in the What Culture office. We loved him in his NXT days. I think he's hit the ground running in WWE. You look at the reactions that he's got. Um, and the, the buzz that there is around him, yeah. and the fact that he's kind of got away from the a Bray Wyatt feud, no less, without too much on him, if we're honest. Well, he's got more than, say, like a Seth Rollins who was WWE champion. Like, that's incredible when you think... On this, I don't know if this is a, a game. I don't know if we need to fire Tamina up or not, but can you just out of thin air pull me a baby face from the SmackDown roster? Anyone you like that is otherwise hasn't got loads going on. Just a singles baby face. Uh... at Kofi and Xavier there. <laughs> uh, Drew's going to do Ricochet. Ricochet? Ricochet. Braun? They're probably going to be in tag stuff. Got to be one. There's got to be one. There's got to be a singles baby face kicking around that roster somewhere. Oh, it doesn't, their roster doesn't look obviously involved. I, this is going somewhere, I promise. Yeah. Because, well, I think I was going to suggest, whilst I kill time opening up the WWE.com <laughs> uh, roster page, is you do something to reestablish him mm-hmm. between now and WrestleMania. Shut your eyes for me for a second. Eyes closed. Picture, maybe not immediately afterwards, because we've said what happens in the immediate aftermath of WrestleMania, but regardless, disregard even the match, think of the promos between L.A. Knight yeah, and new world champion Cody Rhodes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd have some of that, like. Oh, yeah, I'd go for that. A good, like, TV title program or feud or something like that. Madcap Moss. Perfect. Thank you very much, Madcap Moss. Uh, Madcap Moss looking for something to do. Has a a little feud with LA Knight, like kind of recovery stuff. The matches aren't that much to write home about, but it's recovery TV. And they kind of, LA Knight's a dickhead, but he knows that he's not met his match, but he's like, you know what? You're not so bad. Handshake, respect, all that kind of thing. And situational babyface benefit of this match at WrestleMania. Six-man tag, LA Knight, Madcap Moss, and Chad Gable versus the new trifecta of Maximum Male Models. Oh, my God. If, you're not, if you haven't watched Monday Night Raw, Marseille, Mansoir, and Otis. Or, just putting this out there, and this may sound like a demotion. Mm-hmm. For me, it isn't, though. The host of WrestleMania. LA Night 1, LA Night 2. Yeah! yeah! That, no, that is it. That is it. You've done it again. Hey, just call me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. We need to be filling the studio with soup. There's so many rolls right now. Like, that, I'd, I'd love a studio full of soup. Oh. What, what, what flavour are you going for? Oh, don't make me choose. I like uh, big soup, uh, beef and vegetable. Nice, good like choice. Like big soup, chicken and vegetable. I like Asda, plastic pot leek and potato. <laughs> uh, I love a, like a kicky, chilli tomato and herb. You know, like ones that have got like, if you were making it at home, one of the few things I can make soup, um, <laughs> more pepper than you realistically need but you've done it now yeah like i like it when you can like get a shop bought one of them because i would always bother by campbell's cream of tomato but <laughs> underwater it so it comes out gloopy and it's like basically like a starter course at a wedding hotel, oh, yeah. hotel wedding soup i think is of an excellent standard um i like uh what's that one it's got cheese in it broccoli and stilton oh yeah again like if ideally with like lots and lots of pepper because then you get like a kicky flavor alongside with it i'm a soup guy I think this is the podcast we submit for the awards, because think of the ground that we've covered on this. Yeah. <laughs> can anyone else execute those turns? I don't think so. I'll, like, I can, like, Sidgwick, I, I'm going to go on a limb here. I think Sidgwick might be the better cook out of the Dadleys. I've, I've got a feeling, yeah. Yeah, I a gut feeling. Um, very literally, in my case, it's frigging <laughs> pushing at the desk as I talk, right? However, I can do you a gourmet three-course meal out of food that is exclusively in bowls. Permit me to start? Go on. Starter. Yeah. Soup. Any of the ones I've just named. I, ideally one that I can pour out of a tin and put in the microwave, but main. You ready for this? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Those um, hot dogs you get in a vacuum wrap mm-hmm. plastic pack, warm them in a bowl, put them in a bun. Oh, that counts. That I, can counts. Actually, I can actually make a pretty good curry, to be honest, but like, well, it's funny for this. Yeah. Dessert. Cereal. <laughs> the cereal is always the best when you're not supposed to be having it. I think I've made my stance on that very clear over the years. Oh, completed it. There you go. Fine dining. Check. Fine dining. Great booking. 
One final question. It's just a yes or no question for now because I feel like this is a great topic for, for future SmackDown previews and reviews. Hi, Jack, showing up tonight? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Right, well, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet on Twitter at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, myself and Sidgwick will be here a little bit later on to preview the Grand Pig, baby. And you've got WrestleCulture coming your way with the hashtag Bloody Good Quiz. And... Some later news this afternoon Ooh. coming your way with a What Culture exclusive. That's all I'm allowed to say for now. What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from to get those daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. Me and Hamlet, of course, will be back to review SmackDown on Monday. My thanks to Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.